Hi, I want to welcome everyone to the Iraqi Rabbi Methodist podcast. And um, this week we're starting a new topic, and it's going to be called Tough, Quest- Tough Questions About Christianity. Um, we're going to be um, gathering different questions probably over the next, at least the next four weeks, and answering hopefully questions that you perhaps have about Christianity or, or questions that maybe your neighbors would have or or things you may have heard on the news or whatnot. And we hope to address and answer some of those tough questions um, about the faith. And our special guest that we had mentioned uh, last week, unfortunately cannot be with us this week, um, but will be with us next week. And we'll be excited to have them on. Um, but for today, it's just going to be Paul and I. And if you were anticipating someone different, I'm sorry. <laughs> um but we're really excited about um, this podcast that we're going to be doing today. So the question we have for Paul is, um, when it, the first question that we have about tough questions about Christianity, why would I want to be a Christian when they are all just a bunch of hypocrites? Um, so basically the question about um, seeing hypocrisy within the Christian faith. All right, good question, Stephen. Um, so, you know, I'll uh, I'll cover this in the next hour or ten days, and, and then we'll let you pick up with yours. Fifteen minutes, Paul. Fifteen, 15 minutes, minutes. It is. <laughs> All right, got it. Um, so the first thing that, that popped into my head when I started considering this question was a quote from Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, Gandhi, many of you may know, is a, a lifelong Hindu, but he once famously uttered these words about Christianity. He said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. So uh, this this notion that uh, as Christians we are supposed to represent Christ, we're supposed to resemble uh, Christ in this world. Uh, our Christianity, our faith is supposed to change who we are on the inside and then it, it should be evident on the outside and in Gandhi's eyes. Uh, this was not the case with many Christians that he encountered in his life. And uh, no doubt, as, as we've encountered uh, people in our own lives and, and the same skepticism and criticism, uh, there have been millions of others, no doubt, throughout history who have had the same critique of, of Christianity and Christians. And uh, this has repelled them from perhaps uh, aligning their lives with uh, the faith, the same faith that, that you and I share um, so we've, we've heard this criticism before, and, and if we're being honest, I imagine that most of us, uh, if we uh, strive to be mature believers, uh, can't really argue with this statement, this notion that uh, many Christians are hypocritical in many ways. If uh, Christianity is supposed to change people, uh, people want to know why. Why is it not happening? Why are they not seeing the results? Why are they not seeing uh, Christians act and, and uh, think and, and speak in different manner than the rest of the world? And really, isn't this the very definition of a, a hypocrite? Somebody who says that they believe one thing and, and does another or professes that one particular thing is important to them, but they live in a, a way contrary to that. Um, and a lot of skeptics of, of the faith will point to uh, just the, the general lifestyle of, of Christians are often maybe a single uh, very epic moral failure fail, failure that a Christian uh, has uh, lived into at some point in their life. 
and they'll say, well, they, they talk a big game, but, you know, deep down inside, they're no different than anybody else. In fact, uh, Christians often act uh, more impulsively than other people, uh, despite what they profess to believe and, and care about. Um, it's interesting. You start to look uh, throughout Scripture for how to address this. And, and uh, I looked up the word hypocrite and, and its use in Scripture. turns out that in the Bible... Um, the, the most common use of the word hypocrite is by Jesus himself. It's not by critics of the church or critics of the faith. It, it was Jesus uh, looking at the people around him, and uh, particularly those who professed to be God-fearing people, and uh, calling them hypocrites, pointing out their hypocrisy. Um, Jesus knew that his followers and uh, those who professed to be believers in God were as hypocritical, if not more hypocritical, than the people around them. Uh, but this didn't repel Jesus from his mission, uh, didn't divert him from his mission. In fact, uh, he was even more intent on reaching out to extending love and, and wisdom to those hypocrites who were striving to follow him, uh, went on to die for us, uh, despite our many shortcomings. Uh, so ultimately, at the end of the day, Christianity, what we need to help uh, people who haven't claim Christ for themselves. We need to help them understand Christianity stands or falls on the person of Jesus Christ and on nothing else. Uh, so you can use examples of horrible things done by Christians to complain about Christians, uh, but you can't use examples of, of awful things done by Christians to invalidate Christianity as a, a faith uh, system. And in the same way, many politicians, right, they go into office making all these campaign promises uh, that they're going to do things like balance the budget and lower taxes. They're going to clean up crime. And then, uh, as we all uh, are very well aware, many of those promises uh, don't get followed through on. But on the other side of that, do we get upset at the ideas that the politician had? Do we get uh, upset at the idea of balancing the budget or cleaning up crime, lowering taxes? Of course not. The ideas have done nothing wrong. It's the politician who has uh, dropped the ball and failed to follow through on those ideas and it's the same thing the concept of christianity is not based on its adherence and, and whether they are faithful to what they claim to be it's based on christ the very central force and, and peace of our christian faith so are, are many christians extremely hypocritical yeah of course uh, but are all humans at the same time at least somewhat hypocritical yeah we, we all are and it's not an excuse um, but we need to help people understand that, that claiming Christ doesn't make us any less human. We're still faulty. We're still broken. And uh, those who are, are skeptical of, of Christianity are, are, of course, going to focus on our brokenness and on our failure so much more than they focus on the good things accomplished by Christians. Um, we can look throughout history and see all sorts of uh, huge errors and, and horrible uh, moral failures by Christians, but we can also uh, dwell on some of the incredible things accomplished by Christianity. Uh, some of the, the most uh, epic uh, humanitarian accomplishments have, have been done in the name of Christ uh, by people who are striving to spread their, their faith and live into their faith. Many still have Christian names, you know, hospitals and schools uh, and mission organizations still have Christian names attached to them uh, because they were done in the name of Christ. And so there's a lot of good out there that we can uh, focus on as well. Um, but even I, as a, a pastor, 
I'm not going to pretend that this negates or makes it okay, um, all the horrible things that have been done in the name of Christ, or even just the the day-to-day failures of uh, people living today or people who have lived throughout history professing to be Christians, but falling well short of the mark that Jesus calls us uh, to meet. But I look at Jesus, of course, in answering any of these questions, these dilemmas, uh, we always want to look to Jesus and how he addressed it or how we can learn from his ministry, his life. Uh, Jesus spent the majority of his time with uh, people who were considered by those around them to be failures, right? To be to be sinners, to be broken more so than others around them. Uh, and when he was questioned about that, why do you hang out with these, these types of people? Uh, he said in, in Luke 5, he said, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick have come to call the righteous, uh, come to call not the righteous, but but sinners. But here's the thing. Jesus hung out with sinners, right? He hung out with the, the outcasts and, and the people that had been discarded by society, often for their mistakes and poor decision uh, making. But on the other side of that, when those people come to accept Christ as their Savior, they don't all of a sudden instantaneously become perfect and shed their label of, of uh, sinner. Uh, they continued to mess up on the other side of that. James and John, right? Just a few examples. James and John, uh, we see referenced in Scripture how they argued all the time about who was greatest and who was going to get the biggest trophy at the end of Jesus' ministry, right? Uh, Doubting Thomas still had his doubts. Mary and Martha still argued about who was uh, doing more chores around the household than than the other. Peter, uh, goodness, Peter, sticking his foot in his mouth virtually every day. Right, and some of the most epic uh, failures and, and ridiculous things said and done were by Peter. And then look at all 12 uh, of the disciples when Jesus needed them most. These people who claimed to be followers of Christ, uh, what were they doing? They, they were uh, betraying him, they were denying him, they were running and, and hiding. Um, all of these, these people who had actually had the opportunity to live and, and get close with the, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in human flesh were still complete failures on the other side of, of uh, coming to know him and accept him as their savior. Uh, they, they do a tremendous amount of good ultimately in their lives, but they are far from perfect. The Apostle Paul in, in Romans 3 uh, makes it clear. He says, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we fall short before we encounter Christ, and guess what? We still fall short after we encounter Christ. In fact, it's our, our brokenness um, that, that compels us to continue to seek out Christ because we are sick, as Jesus uh, recognizes back in Luke 5. He says, we, we are sick. We do need a doctor. We need somebody to, to grant us healing and, and purpose and meaning. Um, and, and that's where uh, we as sinners are drawn to Christ. And in our depravity, we need a God because we have accepted that we are not gods ourselves. We are not perfect. Uh, we need a Savior. But at the end of the day, all right, all this being said, we've we've lowered the bar. We've acknowledged Christians aren't perfect. In fact, we've said not only are they not perfect, often they are miserably broken and, and uh, messed up and lost and confused. Um, so not only are we not perfect, we, we've lowered the bar a little bit and accepted that Christians are, are going to be sometimes making mistakes. Or they're going to be maybe passing for a good grade, a, a B or a C when it comes to morality and, and living out their faith. Um, but I, I think we still need to, to ponder, why do so many Christians fall so short of the mark? And I don't think we've completed that, um, that thought and, and that exploration. And I think the reality that we need to accept um, that we haven't acknowledged yet, which hurts for some of us to hear, 
uh, for many Christians out there, you know, we, we start looking at numbers around the world today, how many billions of people profess uh, Jesus Christ as, as their Savior. Uh, so many of them, for them, it's ultimately little more than a label. Um, they, they've uh, attached themselves to Christ for a particular reason, but not because it's their desire to surrender their life to Jesus or truly follow Jesus. Um, they're like the, you know, the avid conservationist who, who wants to be known for being a conservationist, for caring about the environment, uh, but they're still flinging pop cans out their car window when they drive down the highway because they think nobody's looking, or maybe even when somebody's looking, um, they, they don't even connect the dots. Uh, so there are varying degrees to which self-professed Christians actually live into their identity as Christians. Uh, but do I get down on Christianity or Jesus because of that? No. It's like, would I get down on you know, Steeler Nation because I, I found out a few Pittsburgh Steeler fans out there have Browns gear tucked away in their closets. All of a sudden, does that make the Steelers uh, worse or not worthy? of my, uh, my fan status or admiration? Of course not. It does nothing to diminish uh, the, the glory of Steeler fandom. Right, St- right Stephen? Of course. Of course. <laughs> He's speechless. Um, but it doesn't reflect on Jesus himself. It doesn't reflect on our faith. It reflects on, on the people who claim to follow. Uh, my final thought, line of thought on this is, is this. In the case for Christ, a book by Lee Strobel, some of us are familiar with, one of uh, Strobel's arguments for the validity of Jesus's ministry, saying, why do we, why do we, can we believe and trust that Jesus is the Son of God um, and everything that he says is true? So Jesus has these, these 12 disciples who ultimately become 12 apostles, obviously swapping out uh, Judas for Matthias on the other side. But um, the, the proof that Strobel points to that these, these guys really did believe and, and see Jesus work miracles and see Jesus raised from the dead is their behavior, the lifestyles that they embrace on the other side of Jesus returning back to heaven. Um, all 11 out of the 12 go on to, to be martyred for their faith. All right, so these are, these are guys who were not perfect, um, but they've shown uh, for the rest of the world and for the rest of history that individuals who do come alongside Jesus Christ, accept him as Lord and Savior, be able to see him at work in their lives, have a true relationship with him, surrender their lives to him, they do come away changed. These guys were so changed uh, that their lives were, were less important to them than the opportunity and their task of witnessing uh, to Jesus in their lives. And so they ultimately paid the, the price of uh, surrendering their very life on, on Jesus' behalf. So to me, that's evidence that Christianity does change lives. Uh, but if, if we're going to not be counted a, amongst the hypocrites that so many people point to and, and laugh and scoff at Christianity for, we need to, to follow the model of the apostles. We need to align ourselves with Jesus. We need to be in true relationship with him. We need to seek his presence and his power every day in our lives. We need to immerse our, ourselves in his love and grace. Uh, we need to truly surrender, pick up our cross, and, and follow him. That's exactly what they did uh, their lives were transformed. Uh, Jesus changes lives. Christianity, when it's done as, as Jesus instructs us to, changes lives. It doesn't create uh, extreme hypocrites. It, it creates people who struggle at times, people who fall short of the mark, uh, but people who are intent on following Jesus. Uh, so if we don't want to be counted amongst um, the hypocrites, then we need to, to follow Jesus' heart, mind, soul, and spirit. 
And if, uh, and if you're talking to somebody who hasn't accepted Jesus uh, into their heart or, or somebody is listening that, that fits that uh, description, friends, please uh, don't judge all of Christianity or don't judge Jesus on the failures of, of any number of Christians that you may have encountered in your life. Um, Jesus is uh, the, the ultimate determining factor of what Christianity is all about, his, his character, um, his love for us, his sacrifice. Get to know him directly uh, through, through scripture, um, through prayer. And, and I pray that you'll have opportunity to come alongside Christians who are, who are in, intent in living out their identity as believers in Christ um, in a committed manner in their life and, and can show you a, an example of a Christian that's living in that manner. Um, but do not give up on Jesus uh, because Christians have, have um, dragged his name through the mud and, and misrepresented him. I pray you have opportunity to experience him directly um, and, and not count all of us as hypocrites and, and see Jesus and the beauty of him, his character and what he offers, uh, despite uh, many Christians and our failures. So it's uh, a lot of talking. We only had two questions today, Stephen, we wanted to embrace. Um, so I... I uh, really, um, really pounded that one home. So, any thoughts, uh, Stephen, as we rouse you from your slumber um, on that, or do we want to jump straight into your question? Um, no, I think when it comes to the question of hypocrisy, I, to be honest, I, to become a Christian is to admit your failure. <laughs> it's to admit, to, it's admit to admit, yeah, I'm a hypocrite. And to say that's why I'm coming to Christ as my Savior and wanting to align myself to him and also working on my heart and mind to become a better person so I, I'm not a hypocrite. Um, I think we need to think of the church much more as a hospital for sinners to be healed and mended by the physician Jesus. So um, I think um, becoming a Christian, it, we realize that we do have hypocrisy in our life um, and that we come to Christ in order to uh, become better people through Christ. So, yeah, I agree with what you're, everything that you're saying. I do not agree with the part of the Steelers, but everything else is right on. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll take it, and I would have expected you to really have that sorted out in your life yet, Stephen. Yeah, right. Trying to figure things out one day. <laughs> My team won the Super Bowl, just to let you know. So. Yeah, you guys did win one, uh, <laughs> one ring, I Jeez. think, if I'm counting correctly. You did win one Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, but so go ahead and soak it up. It's good good stuff. I have lots of experience with that, um, with that in my life, too. Uh, but turning now to more important matters, uh, Stephen's question is a humdinger, too. Um, and it is this, and we'll let Stephen take it away. It's, it's all religions are basically the same. This is this is what critics of Christianity would say. All religions are basically the same. Why would you say that Christianity is the only way, is the only valid religion? Stephen, yeah. what do you got for us? All right, so yeah, I'm sure some of you may have heard this this question or a question like it before. Um, this question usually is asked for two reasons. One, it kind of waters down religion as not all that important. Um, or... Um, it's seen as a way to say no religion really can be completely true. And, it, and, it, and it's meant to kind of dis-es... Um, I can't even pronounce this one right here. No. Dis-escalate <laughs> uh, religious tensions. <laughs> um, 
I believe it is possible to have differing viewpoints and and have peace. Um, well, also like so, you can have different viewpoints, but also have peace at the same time. Um, so, I, and also with this question, I want to be upfront that um, I did a lot of research um, for this question, and at the end of me answering that, I'll point you to the direction of some phenomenal resources um, that that can also enable you to ask or to seek answers to questions that you may have. Um, so with this statement, it first appears that Christians are very arrogant when they say that Jesus is the only way to the Father. Um, and that's coming from John chapter John chapter 14, verse 6. And, and Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. He says, I am the only, I am the way um, and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, so this is one of the most powerful statements Jesus made throughout his ministry. Um, and this statement is a very bold declaration by Jesus saying that no one else can come to the Father or no one else can come to God except through him. Um, so again, this it appears that Christians be very arrogant when they say that Jesus is the only way to the Father, that we're excluding others because of, because of um, that they believe differently. Um, but the truth is, any belief... Any belief you can think of um, is always excluding someone. There is no belief that includes everyone. Um, it's impossible to have a belief that does not exclude someone. So the question becomes, uh, it's not who is excluded, but what is true. Um, it isn't arrogant um, if we are telling the truth. Though, however, the manner in how we share the truth can come off arrogant. Um, but it, there is an arrogance in just telling the truth. Um, so there, there's a universal belief that says that all religions are the same, um, but this can't possibly be true because religions contradict themselves, um, or religions contradict each other all the time. So um, many believe um, that, so there tends to be in this universal thought that all religions are the same. There tends to be this belief that um, religions are fundamentally the same and superficially different, um, but it's the exact opposite that is actually true. Religions are superficially the same and fundamentally different. And that's important to realize that religions are not superficially different, um, but they're, they're fundamentally different, not superficially. So there's major, major differences between each religion. For example, Muslims don't believe Jesus died on the cross, and Christians do. That's a huge fundamental difference. Um, that's not superficial. Um, also, uh, Buddhists and Hindus believe we live in a cycle of incarnation, and Christians believe in that everyone has one life and that one life we choose to follow Christ or not. That's another huge fundamental difference. Um, Hinduism and Buddhism also believe in a sort of a world that's kind of like an illusion or Christianity does not believe that at all. Um, and there are other huge fundamental differences in, in creation and salvation, the nature of God, or if there is a God, um, so these huge fundamental differences in religions um, point that point to the fact that all religions aren't the same. I'll just say that all religions aren't the same. Um, and as I said before, um, religions are are um, fundamentally different. 
we have there's there's some superficial things that are similar but fundamentally different um and again so like we can't say all religions are true you can say all religions are wrong um or you can say there's one that is right but you can't say that all are true because they contradict each other um so this is i have a quote um from one of the sources i go to a lot of rz RZIM. Um, if you've heard of uh, their founder, actually just passed away, uh, Ravi Zacharias. Uh, he founded this um, organization, and uh, but a quote from an article from from his um, from the website. It says, "Just because truth truth is exclusive, that doesn't make truth cold and uncaring. Truth for the Christian is personal." The Jesus who said, I am the only way, also said, I am the truth. In other words, ultimate truth is not a set of propositions, but a person. As the Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 12, I know whom I have believed. It's not what I have believed or experienced, but whom I believe, and that's Jesus Christ. And this is important. This is really, really important and fundamental to the Christian faith that we're not, um, truth isn't this cold mathematical equation. Um, you think it that way. I mean, it's not a um, this cold calculated uh, system. Um, Christianity is, is founded on and founded in a relationship with Jesus. Um, just as this, this quote says, Jesus says, he says, I am the way to the Father, but he says, it also says, I am the truth, right? So Jesus wants this intimate relationship with his followers. Um, and this is different from other religions, because mainly what other religions say is that um, they point you to a path or a, pra- a way of practices to follow. So that really, in the end, you kind of become really your own savior. And that if you do enough of the practices, if you follow enough of... Um, the statements, and if you follow close to the path that they're directing you to, um, you can save yourself. So when you think of Buddha or, or Muhammad and, and these other um, huge religious figures, even Mahatma Gandhi, as, as Paul talked about, they're always pointing people to a path to follow. Um, they're never saying the statements that Jesus would, would say. Um, they're saying what these other religious leaders would say, they'll say, go follow this path, the path that I followed also. And you, you can also become saved if you follow this path that, I, that I'm on, if you follow this path that I took. Where Christianity is, is fundamentally different um, because it's based, off on, it's based on a relationship. Jesus said he is the truth, the way, and the life, meaning only through a relationship with him will we be saved. Um, now, obviously, Christianity has religious practices, and this is important. Christianity has religious practices, but those practices exist in order to grow, strengthen, and become more intimate in a relationship with Jesus. See, so when, when we do our Christian practices, we read scripture, we go to church, um, we're, we're part of the body of believers, um, baptisms and and the Eucharist. When we do these things, um, it's not that though. Doing those things don't make us um, 
don't save us. It's the relationship we have with Jesus that saves us. And all those other things that we do in our Christian faith is about strengthening that relationship with Jesus. So it, it, there's two ways to look at it. It's, there's the way that most religions see it as that all the practices that I do and everything that I do in this religious context is order in order for me to save myself. It's these practices are helping me become better. Where Christianity is completely different, where it's saying Jesus already accomplished the work. Jesus has already offered me salvation, and when I accept His offer of salvation, um, His gift of salvation, I am saved from that moment on, and everything I do from that moment is is circling around to strengthening that relationship with Jesus. Um, the practices don't save us. The practices are only meant to enhance our closer walk with Jesus. Uh, and again, that's fundamentally different from, I would say, most of all the religions in the world, which are more work-based and man-focused, and Christianity is is Christ-focused and, and, and not man-driven. Um, so that's important to keep in mind. Um, another quote that I got from um, from this article, it says, to ask... Um, to ask why we think that Jesus is the only way is to miss the point entirely. Jesus does not compete with anyone or with anybody. Nobody else in history made the claims he did. Nobody else in history claimed to be able to deal with the problems of the human heart like he did. No one else in history claimed, as he did, to be God with us. To say that we believe Jesus is the only way should should have nothing to do with arrogance and everything to do with introducing people to him. So what this quote is, is saying is that Jesus did and said things that no one else, any religious figure, any public figure, any politician, any king, queens, whatever, Jesus said things that were never said before in human history. Um, there's never been someone like Jesus who claimed to be God. Um, there's no one who said who had the statements that he had about the human heart, um, statements and beliefs about um, his closeness and oneness to the Father. Um, so the things that Jesus was saying and doing was never seen and has still ne never been seen in human history. Um, so the real question becomes, it, is, is what Jesus is saying, is it true or is it not true? I mean, that's the fundamental um, question where it comes down to. Jesus is so unique in human history. Jesus is so different than any other human who's ever existed. Um, and because of that, I believe every human being has to ask the question, um, do, do I believe the words of Christ? Is he true or is he not true? And, and that's what it really comes down to because every religion um, has fundamental differences in Christianity. Christianity has a very strong statement um, in which Jesus said, those who come to the Father can only come through him. Um, so so all, are all religions basically the same? I would say no. All, relig all religions are fundamentally different. Now there are, again, some superficial things that are similar, but fundamentally the religions are all very, very, very different. Um, to put that in context, imagine um, some of you probably heard of the Harry Potter books, um, and, and then some of you have probably read children's books to your kids, and then some of you have probably read really high scientific books, and then some of you may have read books of poetry, and, and they're all from different authors. 
and they're all for different purposes and reasons. So you use that example. If someone said, oh, all those books are written by the same person, like, no, it can't be because they all, they're all different. Um, it's the same when it comes to religion. All these religions are saying different things. They have different founders, different purposes, different meanings, and they can't all be true. Um, there's some superficial similarities, but very fundamental differences. Um, and, 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 and again, to say Christianity is the only way, um, you say that, as you probably heard in the church, you speak the truth in love. Um, you, you can hold to that truth, but how we express that truth can come off as arrogant. Um, but truth is truth. And, and if what Christ has said is true, it's not arrogant to speak the truth. For example, if a house is on fire and you tell the person the truth that your house is on fire, that's not arrogant. It's the truth, and they need to leave the house. And if the truth about Jesus being the only way of the Father is not arrogant, if what Jesus said is true. But we always have to be conscious of how we deliver the truth of Jesus and as we introduce him to others. So, Paul, do you have anything you want to That's uh, add good to stuff, Stephen. Um, the uh, notion of truth, I think, is a big one today, even though maybe we don't talk about it. It, it definitely, there are some underlying uh, disagreements and, and misconceptions about truth in our society. Um, I think that a lot of people's approach to life nowadays is, is simply that everyone should uh, be able to, to live however they want and pursue God or religion however they want. And, and in some ways, you know, I can respect that in, in that we, are, we need to be loving and, and kind and respectful to people no matter what decisions uh, they make in life as far as, um, you know, what uh, is important to them, what, what religion, if any, they adhere to, those sorts of things. Um, but <clears throat> I think that at the same time, we need to acknowledge that there is a universal truth. Uh, I think if you accept Jesus uh, and all of the claims that he makes, you can't deny that there is a universal truth. There is a, a right and a wrong. So I can respect and, and love um, somebody that has a, a different view than mine. <clears throat> but at the end of the day, both of us have to acknowledge that if we have different views, one is, is truth and the other is not. Um, and I think to, to approach the world saying everybody uh, can live however they want, believe whatever they want, and to try to say that and also affirm everybody's beliefs and, and lifestyles is not to say that everybody's allowed to have their own truth. Uh, it's basically to say that truth doesn't exist because uh, everybody can't have their own truth. There is only the, the very core uh, definition of truth is that there is there is only one truth so if uh, Jesus's claims are true and if truth is is true if truth is a legitimate thing um, then we have to be able to have conversations about what you believe what I believe in, in loving and respectful ways uh, but understand that there is truth and, and there is untruth um, and, and it's our job and, and really our privilege to be able to sort that out uh, with amazing people that are, are diverse in many ways throughout our lives. Um, so I, I think that takes us uh, into a really exciting and, and uh, fascinating area of study and, and modern kind of sociology and such. Uh, so um, a good topic to get a little rabbit hole that chases down there, Stephen. Yeah. Had a lot of fun with that. Yeah. <clears throat> um, 
so looking towards next week we we uh, shared with you we'll, we'll uh, our expectation is our guest will be with us uh, next week so another week of anticipation get you excited for that we'll continue this series uh, bring back some more questions next week uh tough questions that, that christians uh face uh from those who are skeptical about our faith and uh, in the meantime friends uh, know that uh, as we continue our, our podcast we're doing so to, to try to stay connected with you uh, with with your well-being and, and engagement in our hearts, um, wanting you to be happy, to, help, to be healthy, to continue to stay engaged with, with Christ and uh, your Christian journey. Uh, so we thank you for being part of uh, that process and coming alongside us uh, in it. And, and thanks for the feedback. Um, continue to, uh, to walk with us as we explore some of these topics moving forward. Uh, so we look forward to being with you next week. Uh, until then, uh, be well and take care.